Welcome to the 24th ever Ice Coffee Hour podcast. We've made approximately $10,500. Welcome. Well Welcome. done. Thank well you done. That so was a much great for intro. coming on. And by the way, if yeah. anyone's curious, yes, the, there's only a $200 jump in the amount of money we've made between this podcast episode and the last one. That is because we're on a grind mm-hmm. and we filmed yesterday and today. Wow. Two in a row, back to back. Because we've never done that before. No, we have not. But I'm excited to talk to you because, uh, as you guys know, moving to Las Vegas, you are like the real estate guy in Las Vegas That's and watching your videos. I, I've been out there for a while, born and raised, man. So, done a lot of things out there. So, I found you originally on TikTok. This is how this started, by the way. <laughs> so, you bought my YouTube Creator Academy program. Right. And just by pure coincidence... I found your TikTok video because I did like a reacting to TikTok and your video came up of you in uh, sharing this story about how you buy real estate in Las Vegas. And then I said the community across the street, uh, what did I say? It looked like an office building. Yeah. And then those gates wouldn't protect you from a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. And then we started talking back and forth and then that turned into me then asking you advice uh, in terms of moving to Las Vegas and the real estate market there. And then your YouTube channel, too, has been growing a lot lately. Yeah, it's been exciting, man. So how did you get into real estate? Where did this start? Oh, man. Well, before I do that, first off, thanks for putting out that uh, Creator Academy because I would not have started YouTube if I didn't go through it. Mm. And, you know, I I honestly never thought anything of YouTube. Because, you know, I, I've been in the business world the whole time, just flipping houses and stuff and you know, I saw your YouTubes during, you know, the pandemic and I'm like, dang, it's like that. These guys are killing it on YouTube. I need to get on that. And the funny thing was you don't even really promote the the course at all. No. And I just happened to be like looking through the buy and I'm like, wait a minute, he's got a course on how he does it. I'm like, this is great. And so, you know, I bought it and started making YouTubes recently. So yeah, that's my new career being a YouTuber. But, um, but yeah, prior to that, <laughs> so you're flipping real estate your real estate agent too. How many homes have you sold so far? How many homes have you flipped? How many do you own that you just rent out? Let's get some quick stats here. Yeah, so I started real estate in 2010 as an agent. I was 21 years old and I was just a terrible agent, dude. I didn't put in the work at all. Um, I didn't want to show rentals like you did. Mm. Um, I didn't want to do any of that. And so after a couple of years, I quit. And you know, I did other side hustles and stuff. Um, I had a good YouTube video about flipping couches and, you know, just doing anything to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I was 25. So I was back in 2015 that I first, you know, really got into investing. And so I actually maxed out all my credit cards back in 2015 and just bought my first flip. And I only had $10,000, um, maxed out 50 grand worth of credit cards so I could just get the down payment. How do you how do you pay for a house with a credit card though? Because I got a hard money loan on the flip. So they didn't really care about DTI or job income or anything. It was just more so about the deal. Mm-hmm. And so I found a really good deal. Um, you know, used the credit card money as a down payment, just did a um, balance transfer for cash. And then I mean the rest is history. Started flipping after that. Luckily it went successful. Uh, made 25 grand on that first one mm. and then just kept rolling the money over and over again. And at this point, I think I'm close to 400 flips. And what got you interested yeah. Yeah. in the first flip that you did? What gave you the idea of doing it? 
ironically, it was, you know, the scammy infomercials. Um, I never went to any of the seminars or anything, but I saw them all the time. And I'm like, what are these guys talking about with, you know, anyone can flip and you could flip with no money. And I didn't like I didn't go to the seminar because I knew I'm like, they're just going to try and sell me something. But I started researching online and I went to Bigger Pockets. That was the first time I'd ever heard about it. And I started listening to their podcast and all that. And eventually I was like, oh, these guys are just either wholesaling or they're, you know, just getting hard money loans to buy this. Because I came from the realtor world where it's like, you need to get a 30 year loan. You need perfect DTI, good credit, all this stuff. And I didn't have any of that. So when you say 400, is that including wholesale deals? Like how many of those are wholesale and how many of those you actually took title to fixed up yourself and flipped? So I flipped probably from 15 to 2018, 95%. And that was about 200 homes up to 2018. And then I made the shift in 2019. I said, you know what? We're not going to just flip every home that comes through. It actually makes more sense to wholesale some of these homes, um, not only to limit our risk, but I mean, there would be times where somebody would pay us a twenty, thirty thousand dollar wholesale fee, and the flip would only make thirty or forty. And we're like, why would we flip this? Somebody's going to pay us this right now. So we made the switch and started wholesaling um, in twenty nineteen and flipping. But I would say we still flip seventy to seventy five percent of them. And when you say we, is that you and and do you have partners on this, or how does that work? No. So on my flipping business, that's all me. I own it a hundred percent. Um, I've got other companies like my real estate brokerage. I have a partner there. Um, but on the house flipping, it was just me from the ground up, just figuring it out as I mm-hmm. went along. And then eventually realizing, Hey, I need more employees. I need more people to help me out. And you know, it just scaled from there, man. And we just kept hiring and building. So then what made you want to do TikTok and YouTube? You started TikTok first. Yeah. Why? Well, I started them at the same time, actually. I just hadn't posted on YouTube. Mm, So during the pandemic, like everyone else, I looked at them like, ma'am, what's going to happen here? Like, is Vegas about to get crushed? Because that's what everyone was saying. And I was like, what's like the big play here? Should I keep flipping houses? If I can't flip houses, what then? You know, and some many people over the years kept telling me, you know, go on YouTube, go on TikTok. Like these are you hear Gary Vee talk about it all the time, right? And I always ignored it. And I'd always made content. It was on Instagram. You know, I'd make five minute videos, just me and the camera, not edited or anything. But eventually enough people kept telling me it that I was like, hey, I need to look into this. And so I posted on Instagram. I said, hey, who are the top YouTubers? And Everybody's like, check out Graham Stefan, check out me, Kevin, you know, check out these guys. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to check out these guys. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at it and I'm like, you know, these guys are crushing it on YouTube. And I was like, I think I could do good on YouTube too. And I think I bring a different perspective of, hey, I'm coming from like the business side of things, like running companies mm-hmm. and other stuff, not like the, the normal investor who's, you know, you know, solo investors, what I would call it, you know, we've got probably, I would say over a hundred people total between all my companies, you know, between agents, contractors, acquisitions, agents, and other stuff. So it's like, I felt like nobody on YouTube was really giving that perspective of, Hey, here's how to run a company versus, you know, how to invest for yourself. Interesting. 
So, but what what prompted that? So I, I know you want to do this, but why? What's the what's the deeper motivation for doing YouTube and TikTok? Well, I think back during COVID, like I said, I saw it as an opportunity that nobody was really doing um, in my field, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like. TikTok, definitely nobody was doing. You still don't even like to post on oh, TikTok. Oh, gosh, I got I to gotta get into it. I just don't I just don't get it. Yeah. I tried so hard. I really tried hard, but I'm going to get better, guys. Dude, you got good TikToks. Yeah. I've seen them. Oh, um, but I just saw an opportunity. I'm like, nobody's posting on TikTok. Like, none of these business guys take it seriously. And so I'm like, I'll just do it. And I don't even know how to make TikToks. I don't know anything about it, but... If I have to dance, I'll dance. If I have to like... You no, know you wouldn't. No, you see, you dance? I, I've done a couple dances. Really? But they, they get no views. Did you do the so. WAP? No, I didn't, I didn't do the WAP, <laughs> My wife won't let me, dude. Um, but, you know, I did that on TikTok. What's that one? The Shake That Laffy Taffy? Is that, is that the one? Oh, oh, it's, dude, it's, it's dude there's so many dances. 100 likes. Graham will do it. No, Graham will do the, the WAP with 100. On the table. Yeah. No, I won't. If, if this video gets a million views, I'll do it. If okay. it's a you guys million are, views, you guys, maybe edit that out because yeah, I'll, I'll mute it. I'll mute it again. Okay. People are going to be left wondering what I said once again. All right, okay, just mute <laughs> yeah, that I, part. I was yeah. wondering what you said too. Right, just, you don't. It's weird. My my ears just toned out for a little bit. I don't know what you yeah. said, but don't do that. <laughs> did, did you find immediate success on TikTok, or was it gradual? Yeah, TikTok is one of those things where it's like anyone can go viral so quick. It's it's crazy, dude. Um, so. I've got like 300,000 something followers in, you know, five, six months. And it just takes a couple of videos really that pop off. And people, you know, the one you saw did really good. And that Mm -hmm. got me, you know, probably tens of thousands, if not 100,000 followers, because I got that video early on. Mm -hmm. So I like TikTok and it's led to a lot of different opportunities. Um, Not necessarily like, uh, you know, TikTok, I get all this money from TikTok, like, AdSense or anything, but it's opened a lot of doors. Um, I have multiple people in Vegas who've reached out to me because they see me on TikTok and they're like, hey, I want to work with you in this type of way in different business ventures. So it's been really cool. What's the secret to making a good TikTok? I feel like you would have had it figured out. Like what, how, how do you do that? I think there's a couple of things, but number one is you got to catch the trends just like YouTube, but like there's trending sounds. So you got to mm. use their sounds because people will you know, watch a certain sound and just see what everyone did to that sound. So even if you have it not playing and you have the sound muted, that's a good way to to get traction. Um, I would say another thing is you got to hook them in within like two seconds, you know, and and Mm. YouTube, maybe you hook them in within 20, 30 seconds. You got two seconds on TikTok or they're swiping. Um, How do you hook? What's what's the strategy to get a good hook there? You can do it either visually or you know with audio so i mean visually you would do it by maybe you're just immediately the first frame of the video bikini is, is yeah whatever you know <laughs> it is what it is i'll be in a bikini and somebody's be like what's going on here like i need to watch the rest of this um but yeah so you could do it visually or audio you know you just start you know yelling something you gotta have high energy you can't just mumble it whatever mm-hmm. or you know you put the text on there like an instagram story and you know maybe it says something crazy like you know, this is how I made a million dollars. And then they'd be like, whoa. Yeah. You know, follow me to learn more. <laughs> and I'll never tell you. How I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you'll watch the next one. How I made $2 million. Follow me. But people do more. that. Like 
Okay, stay tuned for part two. Then I'll tell you. Yeah. But make sure to follow. Oh, I hate Dude, those. I've seen those too. And then yeah. you go into their profile and part two was posted like months ago and you can't find it. Yeah. No. Yeah, TikTok's not very organized at all. If you want to find the content, good luck. Jeez. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, so you got to have an immediate hook. But what type of content does the best there? I think they're all very, it doesn't matter. I mean, finance and real estate aren't going to do that great. I mean, it's dancing and, you know, very like prank stuff, mm-hmm. but that kind of content. But the beauty is there's not many finance people on it. You know, a lot of people watching this, you probably are into finance. So it's a good opportunity because it's such low competition, you know. Um, but I would just say you could literally do anything on TikTok. There's and with like the uh, CPM, it's the same no matter what you do. So it doesn't matter. Hmm. How much do you get paid on TikTok? I, of, I saw your video. Too. I saw yeah. your video on it, but I'd like you to show us. Could you, could yeah. you whip out the phone? Let's yeah, see. Let's take a look. I want to see how many views you're getting. Okay. And then how much you're making from that. All right. So we've got 325,000 followers. Okay. So look, dude, I made 20 bucks today. That's actually really you made good for me. $20 today. I made 34. I don't know. Wow. Oh, you know what happened? Yeah. I made a really good video with my wife. It was her birthday, and I took her on a shopping spree. And so people were really hooked on it. But I've made $452 on t- like lifetime. Does it <laughs> $452? Lifetime with 300,000 followers. Oh, I have to apply. Followers. Get funding to make content apply. And yeah. is there different CPMs for different mm. types of content? No, it's the same. It's it's three cents. Three cents per thousand views. Three cents per thousand. It's crazy. I, I get a thousand times better on YouTube. Yeah. A thousand, so, a thousand times wow. better. So one view on YouTube is a, is the equivalent. It's of a like, thousand times more valuable. Wow, that's incredible. Oh, Jack, I yeah. forgot. I wanted to tell you this because I, I watched your interview with Andre, but um, I should have started out with this. But right. I want you to know you're a good looking guy, dude. Oh, you stop it, man. Oh, you I, are gorgeous. Are you kidding me? You are, I, I was gonna comment, but it would have got flooded, so I had to tell you in person. You are gorgeous, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is too sweet. <laughs> All right, I'll do that later. I'm gonna apply. Now do I can it. start making money. You'll make probably five bucks. Okay. It'll be good. Peace for sushi. I mean, that's the thing. For it an does. entire week, it that's does. a free sushi meal every single week, paid for by TikTok. It's true. Deal. Yeah. Now, what but about, you just got to yeah. produce more content. That's it. I know. What would what would be your recommendation to me if I uh, if I wanted to grow on TikTok? What should I do? Well, for you it'd be easy because you already have such a massive following that if you just post, everyone from YouTube is going to go watch it. I mean, that's how I feel. You know. Um, but if I was you, I'd keep doing the videos you were doing. They were really? good. Yeah. Like you just, just quick short form five best investments what I'm investing in this week. Just, very raw. Really? Don't you know, put too much effort. Like, seriously, this is my routine. I try and post two a day. That's my goal. Two a day. Two a day. Wow. So I'll post two a day. I'll film them in the morning. So if you watch my TikToks, a lot of them, I'm in my gym clothes because I'm just filming them before the gym. It takes me like 30 minutes. I'm just trying to bust out whatever I can think of. So that's what I would do. What do you talk about? Whatever I feel like. So and, I'll, I'll yeah. talk about um, real estate, some type of tip with real estate, whether it be investing, house flipping, whatever. Um, I'll also talk about current events, you know, with related to finance, whatever. I think that'd be great for you because mm-hmm. you love talking about this stuff anyway. I would take anything you talk about on YouTube and just make it a TikTok because you've already did it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was talking about Logan Paul and his Pokemon the other day, you know, because some people are talking about. So I think you literally can just take whatever you're doing on YouTube and just make a 15 to 30 second clip of it. Mm. I think it would be fairly easy for you to be successful on TikTok. Definitely. I got to do it. Because I feel like transferring from YouTube to TikTok, I think you've said this before, would be way easier than TikTok TikTok to YouTube. YouTube. But you've been so successful at that, man. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I don't know. I feel like your YouTube growth is YouTube. Your TikTok growth is TikTok. Your YouTube has been doing really well because you're doing well at YouTube. I would say you're like 75% right. Mm -hmm. I think TikTok has definitely played a role because I I do and TikToks push them to YouTube. You know, that's the call to action at the end. Hey, for instance, your video that we're talking about, it's like 30 seconds, right? You're like, hey, if you want the full video on this, go watch it on YouTube because I can only tell you so much in 30 seconds. And that's how you can push them to YouTube. So I think it's definitely helped, but I agree. I mean, I think they are two totally different audiences for sure. Um, They have very low attention spans on TikTok. (laughs) You know what I'll try? I'll redo that video, the how much I make with 2 million subscribers. I'll put that on TikTok. I guarantee you'll get millions. Really? You think so? Oh, how much you make with, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Kids would love that. Really? Okay, (laughs) let's let's try it. You know what? (laughs) I'll put it up tomorrow. That'll yeah. be my promise to you. Okay. And then we'll reevaluate a week from now and we'll see how it, how it does. And then what I'll do is I'll duet it. And then I'm going to take credit. I'm going to say, I told Graham to do this video. Fair. So yeah. you guys need to yep. follow me. Fair. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's try right. that. Hey guys, I'm just going to throw this in really quickly. Graham posted the video and it went viral overnight and it has over 10 million views and over like a million likes. So I'll throw up screenshots right over this. Um, let's talk because I am actually really excited about talking about this is investing in real estate in Las Vegas. Yeah. Because it's brand new. Jack's really excited. Jack, I'm so excited. Jack has been man. talking. Jack can so gamble excited. too, right? Yeah. Yes, okay, I can. Good. Jack's yeah. been talking, no joke, for two weeks about how excited he's been to talk to you tonight <laughs> about investing in real estate because Jack wants to invest in real estate in Las Vegas. No. I cannot do it here. I mean, I don't yeah. have like $150,000 to put down. I mean, I probably will. more than you that. You will. But still, like, I could afford a down payment on a place in Las Vegas. But I mean, you can just get an FHA loan. You know? Yeah, but I wouldn't live there. Wouldn't I need to live there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that. Okay. I got a... You got a sugar Jack daddy. Is, yeah, Jack is uh, <laughs> mooching. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jack wouldn't have it like, any other way. Jack, I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. Jack's the kid. He won't move out. <laughs> I won't. No. I want him to go off on his own one day. <laughs> and he's I'm like... I'm like a barnacle. Jack, the meatloaf. Jack, where's the meatloaf? <laughs> do you cook, Jack? Jack. I do, yeah. And I, <laughs> Peanut butter I, I and cook. jelly. Dude. Yeah, Graham came down and uh, he, yeah. he came down and we could work on something together. And I had a plate with two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he looked at me with this face of disgust. He uh, was I like, pay Jack so well. Jack, what? So well. What other value do you bring other than being an awesome, good-looking podcast host? <laughs> um, <laughs> With I, a very I, symmetrical face. Very symmetrical. <laughs> Your face, I, I was going to say it, but I just figured it. But. It's perfectly symmetrical. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> For those that don't get the joke, watch the end mm. of the Andre. It is. I, I'm not video, even yeah. kidding, though, when I say that. Like, yeah. draw a line on your face and it. And it's just even on both sides, like the top. We could fold it and it'd just be, yeah, just exactly. But yeah, I mean, uh, I bring, I bring a value because I I edit for the second channel. Okay. Um, you know, Graham and I, we produce something like a mastermind when we're together. (laughs) I'm just not a mastermind, but we bounce ideas. Yeah, we do. We do. Good. Um, Titles and thumbnails. We're both very different independent thinkers. Okay. I think that we work well together. And of course there are other things that I do like, uh, Emails mentorship. and Idea. yeah, the mentorship group. Jack runs that. Uh, ideas. Emails, some ideas, some sometimes sometimes it's random work. Um, 
uh, reaching out to people on my behalf. So yeah, it works well. It's I, just a bunch of random. I stuff should have brought there. my jack. I, I recently you have hired a jack. A jack. Yeah. His How's name's that working Ray. out for you? He's great. He's just like you. He's really young. He's twenty years old. You know, and he's just great. He he sent me the best like interview video I've ever seen. I'll show you guys it after. Okay. Like I, I was like, I gotta hire this guy. I don't even have a position for him, but he's he's great. He's hmm. good. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what is your advice to Jack to invest in Las Vegas? Actually, how about this? Give us a rundown first of like what the market is like in Las Vegas, because Andre and I, you, I know you saw yeah. that part. We had a bit of a back and forth. I'm saying the market's going up. He's saying it's going down. Who's well, who's right? I would I would <laughs> I'll leave it to you to to be that tiebreaker. I would I would trust your judgment on this one. Well, I think obviously because Andre's still trying to buy his first house. Yeah. So it's like, I get it. He's very nervous about it. Mm-hmm. I totally like first time home buyers get that all the time. But my thing with Vegas is there's no inventory. Like the only way it crashes if, is if there's this sudden rush of inventory, which to me is not going to happen at least in the next six months, not with all the, the legal stuff going on not with you know foreclosures being halted and all this. So I don't see anything happening on that front. And then you got to assume all these people like you who are moving in are kind of combating that. So it's like, mm. I don't think it's going anywhere. And in fact, if I had to guess, it probably will go up. What about, Andre had some good points about the job market in Las Vegas and a lot of people being laid off. Right. The unemployment can't go on forever. Right. Um, what, is, what are your thoughts on that? Because- I do agree with him in the sense that if you have, let's say, 15% of the population just unemployed right now, that's that, that has to have some residual effect on the market. I mean, here's what I think is going to happen. Um, and it's I've been saying this since probably May. So let me backtrack and say back in when, you know, everything happened, all my friends stopped buying. All my flipper mm-hmm. buddies, investors, they all just were like, we're running for the hills. We saw what happened to Vegas last time. And I was like, dude, I'm going to keep buying. Like, I see a lot of things that I think are going to be okay. And it turned out to be right. And, you know, I bought some super good deals because there was no competition. No one was buying. And, I mean, we're still buying five to ten a month. So, like, I'm super confident, at least in the short term. But the reason I'm confident is, number one, there's low supply. So, it's still going to take a while before supply increases. Even if this happens, it will take a while. But the other thing is, I think the banks are going to work with them. I think all these people in mortgage forbearance are not going to get foreclosed on 12 months after the fact. They're going to get loan mods. And I think even if they don't have a job, the bank is going to find a way to work with them. And so that's why I don't see this flood of inventory. The other problem is, the people who would sell otherwise are not selling because of this, because they're in forbearance. And so if they try and sell now, even with equity, they have nowhere to go because they don't have a job. They can't qualify for another house. So their only option is to keep their home. Or rent. They can't rent, though. They don't have a job. But they would have money from selling a house if they have equity. Right. If somebody's going to take them with no job. Right. So it's like, to me, the best choice for everyone is always to just work with the bank. And I think that's what most people are going to do. And I think the banks are going to work with them because they're going to get incentivized. Yeah. So you think the market is going to stay at worst steady and realistically, it's probably going to go up. Continue yeah. going up. For sure. And I think 
when I'm saying this, I'm just talking the short term, six to 12 months. I mean, in the long term, real estate will always be a good investment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you buy. But in the short term, as like a flipper who's trying to make a profit here in the next three to six months, I'm very confident. So what markets are you investing in? Like what price point? What do you go for? What's the cash flow like? In Vegas? Yeah. So in Vegas, I don't have a ton of rentals. I probably have, I have a 10 unit apartment and then probably like six or seven single families. Um, That's not a, that seems like a ton to me, man. Oh my. (laughs) But when you, yeah. When you compare it to, you know, flipping a hundred homes, we don't keep a lot of them. And the reason I don't keep a lot of them, I would love to, it's just the Vegas cash flow isn't very good. I mean, at the end of the Mm day, if you got to look at every home you buy in the lens of what's the best exit strategy. And so every time we get a home, we'll say, hey, okay, I got this home. What what can I do? I can wholesale it for 20 grand, right? I can flip it and make 40 grand. Or I can keep it as a rental. And if I use the Burr strategy, even if I use that, I might cash flow 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month. Because you got to remember, we're not putting a significant down payment. You know, We're trying to get all of our cash back and get the highest leverage when we keep rentals. So... It never really pencils out to keep it in Vegas. That's the problem. What ROIs are you seeing, though? Let's say I went in there with uh, like 500 grand cash. I'm like, okay. I just want to make a decent return. Nothing phenomenal. I just okay. want to get a nice, respectable return in a good area. What would you recommend? And what would the cash flow be like? Just on the average place. Nothing spectacular. Just Are you going to leverage the 500 or just buy cash? We could go both options. Let's say I buy cash. I want to see what the what the total so, return is. On I that. mean, let's just say you buy it in a nice, um, you know, middle class area, newer home. You know, maybe you're spending 300 to 350 and that house is going to rent for like 2200 bucks. That's de- I mean, it's better than L.A. So I see everything from the perspective of like L.A. That's decent. That's pretty good. Yeah. So now I'm going to Vegas be like, wow, this is phenomenal. I could do these. <laughs> this is these a lot numbers. better. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I see it. But when you look at other markets, the cash flow is much better, you know, and, and I'm not even talking the Midwest where everything is just stupid cheap and like mm. the returns <laughs> on paper look good, but they're not at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but like so we invest in Tucson as well. And I don't have any rentals in Tucson, but we've done flips out there. But like Tucson, you could get, and I hope this doesn't uh, oh, yeah, oversaturate just, Tucson. Wait, wait, no, this is just about to click off, yeah, Jack, if you wouldn't it. mind. <laughs> I thought you were, you were saying that because you were approaching 30 minutes here. Oh, no. Yeah, so in Tucson, you could get a house for, say, 150 to 200 It'll rent for 1500 bucks or more. So you're like almost hitting the 1% rule in like a major market that is, that's a college town that you know has a lot going on. That's why I kind of look there if I wanted to get some single families. Mm. So it sounds like renting, like or just having uh, rentals, isn't the greatest investment in Las Vegas. Would you still say it's it's a viable option for me if I could find a good place in Vegas? Or you think that it's just probably not worth my time? Or I think it it depends on your opportunity cost. So I think like for a lot of people, if they're just going to buy one home. Yeah, buying the Vegas home is better than buying the home out here. Your return will be better. But when you're, for me, like, let's just say I was going to put 20% down on this home. Okay, I put 60 grand down on a $300,000 house. I can get a way better return with my 60 grand because we come across deals all the time, you know, and I can use that to flip and make a lot more money. So that's kind of just like 
my pers- like my perspective. So it really depends on what your opportunities are in front of you. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just so eager. Jack, that, yeah. That's my okay. issue. I'll yeah. I'll try and I'm getting a little like too complex. No, buy I, your buy your first deal. Buy my first deal. Just buy it. That's that's what I want to do, but I'm also scared that I'm getting like overzealous. I, I think that I'm going to I don't know. I'm I'm naive my, because I haven't The been. biggest thing I see is the analysis paralysis is like so many people do not pull the trigger because they're like so consumed with analyzing talking like they talk themselves out of many deals, right? You could have bought the worst deal ever five years ago and you're looking smart. You're looking like a genius. And so if you buy a deal today, I can guarantee you five years from now, it will have been a good decision. But I'd also need to like familiarize myself with the market and stuff like that to find a deal. Yeah, well, it just depends what kind of deal you're trying to find. Like, if you're only looking in a certain pocket of Las Vegas, yeah, it could be difficult. But if you're open to any and everything and you're just looking for equity, I mean, there, there's tons of deals out there. It just is a matter of, are you okay buying in that area or that house? What about appreciation? Because you're talking about some of these areas, you get really good cash flow. I don't know if they'll see the, the appreciation that Las Vegas might see in some of these areas. Right, right. I think it, you know, I've seen the zip code appreciation maps um, over the years, and it's always hit or miss because sometimes you'll get an area like Summerlin that on paper doesn't appreciate a lot. Um, And then you'll see like these really, you know, distraught areas have huge appreciation. But the reason that it has the huge appreciation is because that's where all the flippers are. The flippers are buying them for 100,000 and selling them for 200,000. But they can't take into account that, well, they put 50,000 into it. And, you know, that's the reason it, they forced appreciation. It's not like it naturally happened. So when you look at those maps, it's hard to say, oh man, like this is the area to invest in. It had the most. Because if you look, most of the bad areas appreciate the most. So it's really hard to say which is best. But for me as an investor, I always, if I can force appreciation, that's what I want to do. So they're going into these areas. People are still paying those those prices, but because there's now like seventy grand extra in these homes, so people are willing to pay for that. I mean, it makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts then on like Summerlin, Henderson, those areas between the two? I you think, gave me some really good advice when we talked on the phone. You're gonna have to remind me which advice it was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just the differences between Summerlin and Henderson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So I love both Summerlin and Henderson. I mean, they're the premier areas of Vegas. Um, I would guess most people from Cali looking, you know, in that million plus range are going to end up in one of those two. Um, I like Summerlin. I I like them both for long term. I don't see one or the other just, you know, outperforming each other. It really is going to depend on the lifestyle you want to live. And so like Henderson, if I was telling you this, mm-hmm. you got really good views if you're willing to pay for it. You can't touch the views in Henderson. They're the best. Um, Summerlin, though, to me, has a lot more nicer homes in that like price point you bought in, for sure. Mm-hmm. We, we were looking at them yep. like, you know, yeah, these Summerlin homes are better at this price point. But I think once you get to an even higher price point, then it's like, I would go with Henderson for sure. Um, but if like you're in Jack's situation and you're buying, let's just say this three that three hundred thousand four hundred thousand our home i would pick summerlin for sure because they got really nice communities at that price point see 
buy a home over there. And then you can leave yeah. Graham's home. <laughs> yeah, find a place on my own. He'll have to uh, do his own grocery shopping. <laughs> I already do, do that. If anyone's yeah, wondering, yeah, I already do my own grocery shopping. Do, do you yeah. got to do your own laundry? <laughs> I look so bad. I look so bad on this Jack's podcast. Start cleaning up after himself. It's a game to see how bad I can look on I'm this kidding. podcast. I'm kidding. It's all a joke, honestly. Well, that's really insightful. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. I mean, I have so many other random questions. Go for it. Las Vegas. I just don't know. Like, Hit me with the random ones. I so talked about housing you grow all the time. Up? I grew up in Southwest Vegas. So I was born and raised in Vegas. And then I actually went to college here at CSUN. So mm. pretty close to here. And um, played baseball there and got drafted by the Oakland A's. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. So did that for... Three years with the A's, and then I played another five years professionally on, um, in, it's called independent baseball, still pro oh, baseball, yeah, but yeah. Um, and, dude, I've played all over the country. And yeah, that, I didn't even talk about that, but that was how my investing career started. I would play baseball six months out of the year, and then I would invest six months out of the year. Hmm. That is so cool. <laughs> that, what position did you play? Second base. I love baseball. Yeah? I love baseball. Who's your team? Dodgers. Okay. I mean, I, I paid most attention to baseball. It was years ago. It was the team like Raphael for call, James Loney. Oh, yeah. Matt Kemp, Juan Pierre. Like that whole. Loney lives in Vegas. Does he really? Yeah. You're, you're going to mm. get to meet him, dude. I'll make an introduction. That is. Wow. That, oh, we should, we should get his yeah. reaction that on that. That is crazy. I mean, yeah. I loved that team. That was my that was my Dodgers team, 100%. And that okay. is so cool you played second base. Yeah. Can we talk about like salaries and stuff in baseball? Oh, dude, I'm happy. So it's funny, man, because people are like, dude, you must have been getting paid, like, especially on TikTok. They'll be like, well, yeah, it's easy to start investing when, you know, you played pro baseball. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. So I was a late round draft pick. I signed for $20,000, which, you know, as a 21 year old, it's not insignificant, but it's not the millions that these first rounders get, mm-hmm. you know, the ones you're reacting to. You oh, know? yeah. Second yeah. channel. Yeah. To, uh, to a the forty million dollar contract yeah, over like four it years, it ain't like that. So I got twenty thousand dollars out of college, and I thought I was going to get a lot more, but it is what it is, right? And during the seasons, you only get paid twelve hundred dollars a month. So I was making twelve hundred a month. I'm not kidding, twelve hundred a month. We we've done the minimum wage. It was like three dollars an hour, and you only get that while you're playing. So the season's only six months. So I was making $7,200 a a year in minor league baseball. Mm. And so that was why I became a realtor because, I mean, I can't live off $7,200. So I had to get a second job and I needed something that, you know, I could actually leave and come back and do. But the problem was I was never good at being a realtor because, you know, I'd be playing baseball. I wasn't really focused on it and I hated it too. But dude, it's crazy. Like how much, how little money they pay you. In the minor leagues. I totally thought it would have been way more than that. Considering that the jump between that and the majors is like crazy. It's like going from a PSA 9 to a 10. It is. That's what it is. That little difference. Isn't the MLB, don't they have like a minimum? Isn't it like 400 grand? Yeah, it's like half a mil is the minimum. Wow. Yeah. And even in like AAA, you know, people. So I was only in single A. But like in AAA, if you're not part of the 40-man roster, what they call it, it's still like. $2,000 $2,000 a month. It's not anything. And even when you make the 40-man roster, which means you are you might be getting close to the big leagues, um, 
the first year, I want to say they were they make like forty thousand a year. Like it's a significant jump from <laughs> what you were yeah, making, yeah. but still, it's it's forty thousand yeah. a year. What about like managers? Do they take? Is there like a like an agent or something, or how does that work? Yeah, so I had an agent, and they take a portion of your signing bonus. I don't even remember. Mine was so small; it was like four percent or something. Um, but in the in the minor leagues, they're legally not allowed to take any of that because you'll you know you'll starve. <laughs> and um, mm. yeah, once you sign your first big league contract, then they start taking that you know three to five percent again. And what do they do? Not much, man. Um, I should I shouldn't take that. I should take that back. But they they'll negotiate the contract, right? I mean, cool. Most athletes don't have any business savvy, right? So, okay, you need them to negotiate that contract. But from there, until you sign that next contract, which in baseball is way down the road. You know, your signing bonus, that first one, say you're 18 years old out of college or out of high school, I mean, you may not get your first real contract until you're 25. You know, it's 7 years of them not really doing anything other than, "Hey, you know, how's it going, Ryan? Just checking in on you. You need any cleats or something?" Like they'll send you equipment. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty much it. What What happened? What Why didn't you progress further? Was it a choice of yours, or was it just didn't happen? I just think I didn't have the talent level, man. Um, once I mean, you start reaching every level, like and seeing how good these guys are. Hmm. So, like in high school, right? For most part, most people like they'll either fall off or, you know, there'll be that stud, right, who maybe gets to college. And then you play college baseball. And like I played out here, right? And you start to see all these people across the country, like, dang, these guys are good. Like, these were the best of the best of their high schools. And then from there, they get drafted. And you're like, these were the best of the best, not only in college, but also now high school, but also now across the entire world. Because now you're getting all the Dominicans, mm. the... Asians, whatever, like they're everyone's coming together now to compete across the world. And you're like, holy smokes, like now all these guys are monsters. I, I went from I'm 5'10. I'm like not a big guy by any means, but I went from being like a power hitter in college to I'm the smallest guy on my team. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And so wow. for like a guy like me, who's very small as an athlete, uh, normal size as a businessman, but um, it was just like, wow, these guys are good. And it's not like I was intimidated. It was just like, yo, if I want to succeed, I got a like physiological yeah. barrier. That's why yeah, that's I got to go above and beyond. That's why I was never a pro uh, basketball player. Yeah, you I, guess, yeah. I, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is like, so I never played football. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about being a linebacker, yeah, but uh, genetics are like, nope, you can't, you can't do that. You got to make YouTube videos. <laughs> you got a great YouTube personality. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'm not good at sports. I, I not never, at all? not at all. No, no. <laughs> what did you play? Nothing. You never played anything. You'd be good at rock climbing, like bouldering. <laughs> Don't you think so? Okay, I got what good about upper body strength, yeah. Yeah, did you play Foursquare? How do you how do you play that again? What was that? It sounds familiar. Okay, you didn't play. What about tetherball? <laughs> Tetherball's incredible. Uh, no, tetherball, you gotta be really tall to get that like as it, as it goes up time. <laughs> no, you gotta you have gotta good hops. It. Just jump yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. Because the thing is, when the ball's all the way unraveled, like that thing goes high. Yeah. Like, I can't I can't grab that. 
So you don't, what about running or something? I had asthma. I was, I was physically <laughs> bad at any sport in PE. Oh my God. But you're, you're like, gonna, you're pretty fit though. Yeah, but that's from like weights. That's great, from not like so you work out to you like, Yeah, I do. You yeah, like yeah, lifting. Yeah, but a lot of it is yeah. just aesthetics. Like physically, I'm, I'm still pretty weak. <laughs> So you just but for you looks. Don't say that, you but don't, it's just for looks. But you know, I would, rather, I would rather I would rather look yeah. good than actually like be strong and not like you know those big bulky yeah, guys yeah. that are super yeah, yeah. strong. It's not practical at all. Yeah. Um, like like yeah, I like working out. Uh, but then when it comes time to move a couch, like I'm sitting there, and be like, I can't move. This <laughs> We're gonna have to hire someone. This is, this is heavy. Yeah, you are pretty good though. Like we yeah. go, to, we we do pull ups, and Graham's like. Like that. Like, he's going fast. So you have a good, like, strength to muscle ratio. Yeah, but... Uh, or strength to weight ratio. Yeah, like in school... Pound for pound, he's in, strong. Yeah. 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 In school, though, I was always, like, the last one to be picked for, like, sports. Like, throughout... Like, I don't... It, it, I mean, the, the truth is that... But who's laughing now? The, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's still, but, but <laughs> I don't know if we could put this on the podcast, but but the truth... You decide, but but the truth is that there was me... Maybe don't put that in there. Just, just because... Maybe don't put but that either in there. Way, but that's that, a good but story. That, but that's how. But that, that's, that's what it was. That's usually what it, what it was. Wow. Yeah. But I was also. But I also had asthma. So like oh. on top of everything else, and it's like I I, I don't like running. You didn't like, like? Did you not like any sport? No. No you just enjoyment. Didn't even enjoy no enjoyment at but all. Maybe it was just sports. because you had such bad experiences growing. Never up. got into even watching sports. Like I just don't. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know. You enjoy sports, correct? Like, obviously. I, oh, I love it. You know what? I think it's, I don't do well with, uh, like, team sports. I like to just do something on my own. Are you, are you competitive? Uh, not really. A little bit. I, I'm more competitive, competitive with my, with myself. With your I job, you're yeah. competitive. Yeah. Do you want to be, like, mm, the yeah. best, the best YouTuber? Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and no. I mean, there were certainly milestones where it was it was an accomplishment for me to be like I looked up to Dave Ramsey's channel, right? And so to to one day have more subscribers than Dave that was a huge accomplishment for me because like oh wow yeah. like I I was watching Dave Ramsey's channel from the very beginning. I always aspired to be like one day if I could do that like that would be a big deal. So those little milestones for me were really significant, right? Because I just know for me like obviously most athletes are just hyper competitive. Mm -hmm. And so I've taken that into everything I do. I'm like, all right, I want to be the best house slipper in Las Vegas. You know, how do I do that? And then it's like, okay, if I do that, great. What's next. And so that's kind of also where YouTube came into play. It was like, well, we've been flipping a hundred plus houses since 2018. It's like, what, what else is there? Like, do I flip 200? Do I flip 300? Like, is that what I want to do? Mm -hmm. Not really. Like what's another challenge? And I just saw YouTube and social. I'm like, you know what? I, for me, I want to be the best YouTuber that's, you know, flipping houses and doing all this stuff in my lane, in my niche, you know, because I just don't see really anyone else doing it. And so it's just another competitive thing to do. And then I think once I do that, I'll be like, all right, now what's next? So where would be the point then that you get to You'd be like, OK, I did this. What's that? Like, what goals do you have when it comes to this? I think for me, a million subscribers would be a big milestone. Mm -hmm. um, I looked at it when I started this year. I said, the goal for this year, if I could do it, I would be so hyped, would be 100,000 subscribers. And, you know, in, in sports, there's always numbers. Like, you're just trying to hit numbers. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, if people subscribe after this, great. Let's um, pause it right here. So we have more people watching right now than later. If you haven't already, first line of the description, his YouTube channel. Click on it. 
get it done. Subscribe. Get them as many yeah. subscribers as you and can. And you got to subscribe to this channel because here's the weird thing. We've been getting so far like almost 100,000 views the last few videos. Why do <laughs> no we... No one subscribe. <laughs> no one is. Why? I don't get it. Why aren't you subscribed? So, um, here's an honest comment for you. If you're watching this right now and you're not subscribed, I just want to know the reason that you're not going to subscribe after I ask. Please, please, please. do it. It's worth it. But but if you're not going to, if you're like, listen, Graham, like, sorry, I like this video. I'm not going to just comment down below because we want to improve. The also, whole, yeah. if you dislike these videos, like if you do the dislike button, <laughs> let us know why. Yeah, I'm really good. Who like, does that? Yeah. I don't think I've ever disliked a YouTube video. No, I don't think I ever I think have. I have. I, I have a few times. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare. Like, even if I dislike the video, like I personally, like I don't like it at all. I won't dislike the video, but there's, there's a, every now and then you just want to be like, listen, I want to send a message. <laughs> you, did, you disliked. Okay. So these listen people made an ad on you and I noticed you disliked the video. I thought it was funny. I would have liked it. So people made an ad with Graham's face on it. Oh, because and then it, yeah. Graham did an Instagram post and he said, if you find the ad, screen record it and upload it to YouTube and tell me about it. So someone did that yeah. and then Graham clicked on the link and it went to a YouTube video where it was just a black screen and it was playing like the, the... Oh, what, what is it that, um... Sports No, It's, um... The Larry David. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Curb. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Song. Yeah, it was just playing that. I don't know if we'll play it because it'll get, uh... Or, you know what, we could play, like, a brief second. This is it. I don't I don't think I kept the dislike on there, though. This is it. You undisliked? No. Oh, yeah, it's a... Okay, that's it. Graham kept the dislike, though. Because he got me. Listen, when when something has... 36 likes and 76 dislikes. I mean, like, it, it, listen, I get it. It's clever, but... Uh, but dislike. But, but I disliked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He disliked the video. He wanted to see the ad. Unfortunately, he didn't. But yeah. he got to see it later. I got to see it later. Two other people uploaded the video. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> it was clever. Listen, I, I have nothing against it. It's just... To dislike, it's okay. If you dislike videos, let us know why you dislike videos. If you've ever disliked <laughs> one of Graham's videos, one of Ryan's videos, let us know. I'm you really know, curious. I, yeah. Most of my dislikes are for my hair, to be honest. What? You yeah. look like CR7, man. I get that too. But I'm like the uh, the super poor man's version of Cristiano. But uh, on TikTok, they say yeah. that. Like TikTok, they, those kids are ruthless. Yeah. Oh, like, no yeah. dude, they have no filter. So it'd be like, you bootleg Cristiano, they'll, or they'll be like, dude, cut that hair off. What are you doing? <laughs> like, it's crazy. But then on Instagram, it's a more mature audience. And they're like, dude, we love your hair. So I don't know. It's but unique. They, it makes you stand yeah. out, which is what you want to do as a business person. Right. Now I'm stuck with it. Graham it does, said. Yeah, it does make you, you stand out. Yeah. You said you would do pink or green hair like like um, ZHC? No, like ZHC or Ninja. And Ninja. Oh, he yeah. said it's cool. he would do that. I think it's cool. I thought he was yeah. joking when he no. said he would do that. No, I think it's cool. I, I think if you build a brand around that, like you think Ninja, you think colored hair. Yeah. You think ZHC, you think that teal color. It's it's their brand. It makes them significantly more memorable. And I think with you, almost with your hair. Yeah. I don't have the hairline to do something like that. You got the hairline where you could make That's that. Where you could hairline. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the people yeah. always say, how long does it take you to do your hair? I'm like, it honestly doesn't take that long. But it does. But the thing is, cutting it. Like, how often oh, yeah. do you get do you I get, I'll get a haircut like once a week. Once a week. Hair like that, I wonder wow. how they cut it. Do they just get like something and like 
make a, a ruler like an inch off the head and they just like, <laughs> like it just, it's so it's just, everything is so perfect we'll, we'll, vlog, we'll vlog it next time please do i would i'm so interested <laughs> how did you how did you pick their stuff <laughs> <laughs> well now that we're into it teach us yeah because uh, no, no, i'm curious so the, my yeah. hair looks exactly like my dad's hair but more like modern so my dad obviously does not have like this you know cut part i just noticed that you have a line that goes yeah. That's that's just the yeah. So I that the barber that. does show help. the uh, yeah. show the camera. Wow. He's got a line. So um, my dad obviously doesn't have the part. He doesn't yeah. line up the front or anything. My barber does that. But my dad's hair is just like this. Yeah. It's like the Bruno Mars hair. It's Filipino hair, dude. It's just you're Filipino. Yeah, half. Oh, cool. So that's just our natural hair. It just poofs up. That is awesome. I'm jealous. Yes. But how did you pick the style? You went to the barber one day. And you're just like, so I was looking at Cristiano, and I was like, "Dude, that guy. He's, he's like, almost as good looking yeah. as Jack." He's like, "Oh my god, say no more, fam." You know the, the, the Dude, meme. It's a nice yeah. hairstyle. It is a nice hairstyle. But, I must say, but I know, but the TikTokers pick, yeah. hate it. Um, but how did you pick it? Where did this start? I started doing this hairstyle. Yeah. Probably right when I started flipping houses. Just knew me, dude. I actually shaved my head when I was 21, okay. believe it or not. That was not a good look. I thought it was. Um, and then I had a faux hawk for mm. a really long time. And I even had a mohawk, too. Mm. But it was like, you know, it's not like your punker mohawk, just like one of those ones. And then one day I just was like, dude, you know what? I'm going back to my old hairstyle when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, I actually did my hair like you. Yeah, I just, uh, the Justin Bieber. Yeah, so, I just yeah, parted it yeah, over. We all did that. Yeah, yeah and I was like, I'm oh gonna- no, back then it was the Zac Efron. I had his haircut before he had <laughs> his haircut. Like I've had yeah. this haircut since I was like eight. eight or nine. <laughs> oh like, my no God. joke, I've had the same haircut this entire time. Well, dude, and then it became very popular in in uh, two thousand five, two thousand six. It's like it yeah. goes out, then it comes back in, and then yeah. But yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going back to my hairstyle as a kid. So I was like pulling it over. But I realized my hair was now like poofy. So I was like, just poofed over. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I guess I'll just kind of like do this in between thing. Ryan V2 is what you called it. That yeah. is awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing a hat because I could not show myself, show my hair like this. What do you mean? Because I get these things long? like they, my mom calls them wings. Because my oh. hair is so long, it hits my ears, it shoots out at the side. <laughs> she calls them wings. That's like, that, yeah, that is like Bieber's old haircut. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, thanks for telling us the uh, the history of, of the hair. It's good. It's a good hairline. People ask yeah. a lot, so they're going to be happy. Do they really ask about yeah. that? Yeah. What do they, what do they say? It's like, what's questions? How long does it take? What's on your head? You know, that's, that's typical. Have you thought my about hair. making it uh, TikTok like like my hair routine? Like the yeah, truth, I did. The truth about my hair or something? Yeah, yeah. I already did it. <laughs> really? Yeah. How did it do? Pro- I don't even know. We'd have finding it on TikTok is so hard. Yeah, you can't even search for it. Okay, but it was it was okay. It wasn't mm. viral. You know how <laughs> yeah. like the people did like the forehead reveals and stuff like that on TikTok? Yeah, that was like a huge thing. They would like get their hands and they'd like move it up their forehead oh, and really? pull it back to their hair. Yeah, to do a forehead reveal. I mean, you would you would ace that test <laughs> you would ace it yeah I, don't, know, it, I haven't seen yeah. that one speaking of weird things on tiktok there's the one that i saw that macy was showing me this where it's it's you show the side profile it's like this big like big reveal like everyone sees your face and then you turn to the side hmm. and it, like the music it's like avril lavigne playing something in the back it's it's weird What's the bad one the, the head on or the side the side it's supposed to it's supposed to be like i look pretty from the front but then you see the side and then like the 
I'll show it to you guys. We probably got to turn the cameras off and on again. Here, Ryan, while we're doing this, you want to yeah. do a segment where we, uh, we go over your outfit and how much each article of clothing costs? Okay. I actually did one of Graham's videos where I talk about how much I spend a month. And we had a lot of people comment like, dude, Graham would not be happy. How much do you spend know. a month? Probably like 20 grand. On personal spending? Wait, what? On for, for what? Why? Dude, that's, that's not personal spending. It's the hair. The hair is what yeah, the hair is fifteen thousand a month. Yeah, getting yeah, his haircut every every week. No, I mean I got a family, so I mean I have two kids. We got a lot of two. I didn't know you had two kids. They're both under two, so they're really young. Wow. Yeah. So I just did a video on it. Um, I'm, I've never actually budgeted, so it was my first time really looking at it and seeing like, man, where are we at? It's about twenty thousand a month. Why? So where does this break down? So you got a family. So where's I've the problem? Family, Let's find out where kids. the leak is, where the financial leak is. Okay, I, so I know where the leak dream. is. Okay, so you, so you have a so wife and two kids. How long have you been married? Seven years. Seven years. How yeah. old are you? I'm 31, dude. Are you really? Yeah. So my my. Why wife, did I think you were? I thought you were like 25 or something like that. It's because I'm Asian, dude. It's just we look young. Wow. You've been blessed. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if you yeah. told me you're like 24, 23, me. I would have been like, yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. We um, we got married really young. She was 21. I was 24. Mm-hmm. So we actually, that's why we came out here. When I told you, I was like, we're going out to Newport to celebrate our anniversary. Mm. For our anniversaries. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. It's on Sunday. Wow. So seven years. Cool. But yeah, we waited five years and now we have two kids. And, okay. um, but yeah, on the spending side, yeah. how much so, is the house? Let's start with the house. So I said that our house is about 4,000 a month mortgage, mm-hmm. but we also support my parents. So their house is like 2000 mm-hmm. and then we have a missionary house. That's about 1500. So I said it was like 7,500 bucks. Sure. Um, utilities, insurance, all that stuff was a few thousand bucks. So you're at like, what do you mean? <clears throat> that, that's a lot. A few thousand dollars utilities Well, on three houses. Few thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I, my, well, I'm saying the electric bill here between is like, like one fifty. Yeah. Well, so I think I'd have to go back to the video, but I said utilities was probably fifteen hundred. That's five hundred a house. That's five hundred dollars a house. That's a lot. <laughs> it's that's Vegas, a lot. man. Are utilities it's that hot. much more in Vegas, really? Dude, you'll have a power. To- you'll have a power bill in the summer at your new house. Your power bill will probably be five hundred bucks. No, it won't. I compared I electricity costs yeah. between LA and Vegas, and they're yeah. about thirty percent less in Vegas. Electricity and water. Yeah, but I don't keep it that cold. I would if if electricity is going to be that much, I'd be like, I oh, know it's going to be eighty degrees inside. <laughs> is it warm in here for you? No, I'm good. See, so eighty degrees, it's nice. <laughs> well, even whatever, it's thousand yeah. bucks for three thousand. I turn on whatever. the AC usually like seventy, like seventy eight degrees. Yeah, that's way too hot. No, it's yeah. not. It's that's not. Nice. We're, we're, we're chilling at like seventy two all the time. Um, what else we get? So insurance, okay. um, we pay four fifty, so that's really cheap. Actually, that's really cheap. Yeah. Um, what else we got? We've got car, the Tesla out there, thirteen hundred bucks. Um, okay, well, I mean it makes sense to finance that. Yeah. Okay. All our other cars are paid off, so no other payments. Um, I said car insurance was about a thousand bucks for everyone's cars. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hey. Uh, what else we got? What are the other personal expenses? Uh, food. Okay, so food is where everyone said you'd freak out. So we spend about 150 bucks a day on food. Between, that's four people, right? You're, two you, adults your wife, and two babies. Two, two kids. $150 a day? 
Yeah, so they're eating lobster, sushi. We, we, we don't cook. Mastro's. No, yeah. we, don't, we don't eat at Mastro's every night. Spago. <laughs> $150. So that's 4500 4500 Why so much? Dude, because I ate so like bad when I was playing minor league baseball because we would make 1200 bucks a month and I hated it. And so I was actually super frugal. Like I was pinching every penny you could pinch. I was meal prepping, you know, bringing food on the road, all this stuff. Cause mm. I had to. And I always remember, I was like, dude, one day, the day I can not have to worry about my food budget. Like I'm rich, I'm good. And so once I finally just was like, dude, I make enough money where, you know, What's $4,000 at the end of the day? That's it. I, I, I consider myself to make a lot. I look at that. I'm like $4,000 a month. I, in, in fact, I've wanted sushi this entire week, but I'm saving it for, I think, Saturday night. And that's like 30 bucks. But I'm saving it for Saturday. And no joke, I kid you not, I'm looking forward to that. This entire week, I can't wait to do that. Yeah. That's I, a big deal. That's I, a big splurge. Graham and I are a little bit different on this. I think that's totally reasonable to spend $4,500. I, oh, it's a lot. It is yeah. a lot. But considering your current position, I think food is... I mean, I understand where, where you want to spend, spend like splurge yeah. on food. Yeah. Can, I, can I... I mean, how much do you, do you make in total where $4,500 a month... Because I don't know if I'll get to that point where it's like... Yeah. 40, like I don't, I don't make as much as you. So, but I make a lot of money. As far as flipping and all this other stuff goes, I mean, it's over six figures a month. So over a million dollars a year. Yeah. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's significant, though. Yeah. Do you ever think you would you'd be doing this much? I never did. No, I mean, I thought I'd be doing it, but in baseball. Hmm. And when baseball was over, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Wow. You know? And eventually, once I started flipping houses, then it became really significant. And I was telling people on the video um, with the personal budgeting, I was like, hey, if this gets 50,000 views, I'll tell you guys exactly how much I make from all the income streams because I've got, you know, five different businesses and, you know, YouTube is just the newest. And that's where I'm like, I, I treat for me, I treat YouTube and anything I do like a business it's like, hey, mm -hmm. how do I set up systems and processes and how can I scale this so that, you know, I'm not so involved on it. Wow. That's incredible. You're going to do well on YouTube. I, I already know it. Because I think it's because of your professionalism on YouTube. Just everything is immaculate in your willingness to learn and improve every single episode. Just the content you make. The background is awesome. Your thumbnails are good. Your 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 titles are a little niche, but I think that's going to improve. I mean, it's, it's, I would be doing the same thing. Under 100K subscribers, I'd be going niche. And then as you go an audience, you could start making content, whatever you want. So I think you'll be at a hundred thousand pretty soon. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to get some tips from you after this. No, you will a hundred percent. Wow, congratulations! That's incredible. Yeah, thank you. So, so I mean, here's the thing. I mean, if we look at that twenty thousand a month, it's a lot of money. Um, but to, you're, you're making enough where that's that's yeah. you're saving still what eighty percent of your your yeah, income at least. Yeah, yeah. Where else do you invest besides real estate? Honestly, not a lot. Um, so I've got some money in the market. Uh, I think like two hundred thousand, and I a lot of it's in Tesla. A lot of it's honestly, I couldn't even tell you. I just don't really care for stocks that much. Um, for me, most of it's in real estate. So like we have, what do we have? 
like 35 flips going on right now. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of money in flips, you know, a lot of my wealth's in rentals. Uh, I think we have almost 30 rentals. Um, and then for me, actually, I use most of my money for my businesses. So I'm like always reinvesting into my businesses because my philosophy is like, why invest in a stock in someone else's business when I got my own? I would rather have full control and be able to affect the outcome. Uh, because, because they're doing all the work for you. I think for me, at least, I've started shifting a lot towards the stock market. Mm-hmm. It's just nice just putting my money away and not having it. There's a sense of just relief and no stress, no worries. Market's going to go up and down, yeah. but it's just as a good store of, of, of wealth and money. And even if I make just 4% a year on that, I'm totally fine with that. Right. It's just no stress. It just declutters your life. It's one less thing to worry about. I For me, I like the stress. Really? I enjoy starting new things you know, having employees and like being able to like, you know, create a business that provides value. Like all, I mean, your YouTube channel provides so much value to everyone. Mm-hmm. Imagine doing that, you know, on other things as well. You know, you could have all these different businesses that you, you know, have such an impact on. Yeah. And I, I really just enjoy the entrepreneur side of everything. I really do. I don't like being passive. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We got to change that battery on that. Yeah, I don't know. See, for me, I was the exact same way uh, because I, I wanted to really maximize everything that I'm doing. But now it's 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 I've wanted to go away from that and just and just it's the peace of mind I value so much more now of just not having to do those things and just taking a little bit more of a laid back approach without as much responsibility. It's been really nice. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, yeah. and that's most people's goal, right? If you can just do whatever you want. Like, that's the dream, right? Yep. So, I mean, I for me, I would just get bored. Mm-hmm. If I had nothing to do and no, like, em- employees and people to, like, hang out with it. Like, honestly, me going to the office is, like, me going to recess every day. Yeah. Because I see all the people. We're interacting. We're making deals. We're doing things. Um, and then when you see, like, their lives impacted by it. Because, you know, I was telling you, we got a lot of employees and a lot of mm-hmm. realtors. And so to know that our company's success is what, you know, makes them provide for their family. And, you know, you know their wives, you know their kids, you know their spouses. Like, you just can't really get that with stocks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's a a transaction, you know. How many hours a week would you say you work? So I go to the office Monday through Friday, uh, 10 to 5, so 35 hours. Um, I don't work weekends. Um... And really just those 35 hours, I just try and put in as much as I can to all the various things I'm doing. So you do everything in 35 hours a week? Yeah. With weekends off? Yeah. And evenings? Yep. That's insane. That, that's a that's lot. That's so awesome. That's a lot, man. 30, you said 31? 31. 31 and to be doing that. That well, is. Well, and I'll tell you too, like the YouTube thing is the one I'm trying to figure out because we were talking, I was talking to Andre about this, you know, he's having trouble because he's working nonstop to mm-hmm. produce awesome videos. And I'm like, dude, I can't do that. Like at the end of the day, I got to figure out how can I produce as many videos as possible with, you know, as high of quality as possible in the shortest amount of time. That's literally my goal with YouTube's. Mm-hmm. And so somehow we we've scaled to a video every day and 
like it's not that time consuming. So for me, I film every Monday. So all my guys know that don't talk to me on Monday and I'm doing it at the office. I'm just going to film five videos today. I'll film all five, pass it off to the editors. You know, I'm done for the week. Do you script out your videos? I bullet point them. Mm -hmm. Very light scripting, maybe like seven bullet points that I want to make sure I hit. But I'm pretty good at freestyling most of them. Hmm. That's impressive. I would, I would never, was never able to do that. I spent so long for me to make this three videos a week. I would say it's probably fifty hours of work. Really, for this three videos a week. Yeah. Wow. The second channel is fun. The second channel sometimes it's sometimes you got to get in the mood for that because yeah. you got to be in that like you know kind of happy uppity mood. And sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm just like oh, I don't want to. <laughs> and but you, but you just do it. But yeah, the main channel is, is the grind. That's like hours every day figuring out like what is going to be the best topic that's right. going to be interesting and planning it out and researching the video and then titles that, and thumbnails could take hours and that's what i mean but that's why you're so successful mm-hmm. you know and i'm kind of taking a different approach to it we'll see how it goes but it's like okay for instance if you have the normal youtuber who does that you know i can't compete with that i just personally don't want to do it you know how can i still though have a channel that's successful. And to me, it's like if I can put out a high volume of videos, but they're still, you know, good videos, even if they're less researched and less, uh, I mean, like I don't, I don't have to research anything. Like I'm not researching what's going on in the stock market. I don't talk about that stuff. Like that's not my thing, but all literally everything I talk about is just my own experiences from business. And so I'll just be like, Hey, here's the top three things like I do to find house flips i don't have to like research it i'm like boom 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 here's the three you know go on to the next thing so most of them are just no researching at all so that's the thing and where are you looking to grow are you looking to grow in like popularity on youtube on tiktok grow your business or grow your income what's your what's your main focus right now with in regards of growth that's a good one dude i think you want to grow everywhere Right. I mean, everyone wants to grow their business, their wealth, their, you know, social media and influence. Like, I don't think you'd see anyone who's like, nah, I don't want to grow. They wouldn't be successful if they didn't. Um, So I I would say I want to grow them all. But what I'll say is like over the years, the priority has always changed. So when I was growing my house flipping business, I was strictly just house flipping. You know, I wasn't worried about social media and all this other stuff. I'm like, how do I grow this business to be in? you know, multi-million dollar business. Like it's going to take all my effort. And then once I grew that and put the right people in place where, you know, they can now run it, then I'm like, okay, what's next? Okay. Right now it just happens to be a season where I'm like, let's just try and be the best YouTube and TikTok guy that I can, you know, and I'm still just experimenting, figuring it out, like trying new thumbnails, trying different titles, different topics, um, different video lengths. Like today I did a baseball video, totally flop. People don't even care. I'm like, well, you know, Is that YouTube. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I guess people just don't really care that much about my baseball career. You know, they, they follow me for business and real estate, whatever. That's fine. Um, so I'm just experimenting right now. And even with video frequency, I'm going seven days a week. I think that's probably too much. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, for, for you like this, I would not be doing a video a day. Yeah. I'd rather see you put out two really quality videos like Andre. Yeah. Than seven videos uh, like this, one a day. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. 
that's where the tweaking is, is like, do I want to keep doing seven a day? See how that goes or try two a day or two a week. Sorry. And see how that goes. I would say do the do my schedule. Do three times a week. Try that. Your thumbnails are pretty good. Thumbnails, I think, are high quality. Why I don't give my wife an allowance. Ooh, <laughs> That's a good one. That wow. is a great time. Wow. Why, didn't, why don't you give your wife an allowance? <laughs> I like that you hit that like button right away. <laughs> I, I did, saw that. Just habit. your habit. That's habit. You didn't I even s- see it. You no. liked it. No, I always, every almost every video I click on, just, you just instinctually like it. I like it. because You don't I, even know you're doing it. I don't, seriously, like I was, <laughs> that was totally unconscious. It's weird. I just always hit the like button. <laughs> Gosh. So yeah. So what? So what's the situation? This with I so don't my this is another one. Yeah, I'm just testing, right? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? A lot of people ask me, like, what's it like being an entrepreneur? How's your wife handle that? How do you handle having two kids and doing all this? I'm curious. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a series. Let's try it out. And so we've been trying it out for the last couple of weeks. Um, and my wife enjoys doing it. Yeah. So I'm taking your wife. Doesn't work. She's she's yeah. She's a stay at home okay. mom. So, yeah, I mean, two kids, two years old. That's got that's full time. Yeah, probably works more than thirty five hours. <laughs> she works more that. than me for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but it's like it's another series, and yeah. it, it it's doing pretty good. I just I don't know what direction. And tell me, did you know what direction at fifty thousand subscribers that you were going to take, or you were just still in that experiment? No, stage? I, I had a pretty good direction on that. Okay, but I also had a lot of other channels to look to. Right. Who were doing way better than I was. And so I saw what they were doing and I'm like, okay, I see their flaws and I see where they're missing the mark and I'm going to put my own spin on this. I'm going to do it in my way. Right. So I had a direction. Yeah. Uh, It it actually becomes harder as you grow because then it's like, who can you start to look to? Or like, what do you have to look up to uh, for direction? Now it's like, it's harder because you got to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Now you got to just, now it's freestyle. Now it's like you, you you, like, like the tracks have been laid before you and you just got to follow the tracks, but then you get to a point, there's no more tracks. You got to figure out, okay, now, now I'm just navigating my own now. Well, and the hard part is once you've, you know, taken a path to get there to go and try and switch it up is scary. Right. So, yeah. So with this with your wife, then how, how, what's, what's the allowance thing or what, yeah. how, how does this work? So this video was about, um, just how do we manage money in our relationship? Mm-hmm. And we know a lot of married couples who, you know, they either have uh, split bank accounts or, you know, someone gets an allowance or whatever the case may be. And that, that's kind of the thing is like, I don't give my wife an allowance. Like she can spend whatever she wants, mm-hmm. you know? That the title makes it seem like, oh man, I'm this big yeah, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but like the title. That's why I clicked it on it. Wait a second. It yeah, it yeah. But but it is. I don't give her an allowance. <laughs> like she can spend whatever she wants, you know? Um so yeah, that was just about yeah. managing money. Had there <laughs> this might be too much of the pie. Has there ever been a time where she's spent money and you've been like, I can't believe like like that would lead <laughs> to some sort of like argument. <laughs> no, it's, like, dude. Starbucks or something like that. You know what's funny? So when we first got married, right, we were really poor. We we're mm-hmm. young and poor. And she's in college going to be a teacher, which another poor profession. And um, I would always get on her because I'm like, you cannot be getting Starbucks. You cannot, you know, like we're going to have the Keurig, but not even like the K-cup. We're going to do like the refillable mm-hmm. Keurig deal. Um, and so we were super frugal. And that's why I resonate with a lot of the things you did because I did the same exact stuff. I'm just don't do it anymore. But like eventually we started making money and, you know, 
Then she got her Louis Vuitton bag and other stuff. But it's never like crazy. You guys are on the same wavelength when it comes to that, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm not going to get mad at her for getting a bag when I have nice stuff too. You know what I'm saying? We got to do the outfit thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Your How outfit, much is your yeah, outfit? Let's walk oh. us through it. Sure. I, it looks like I have a similar shirt to that. I don't yeah. want to say that's H&M. It but is H&M. It is. Yeah. Yep. See, I have a very similar shirt. I, I had that shirt in the V-neck. I got rid of the V-neck one because it got a hole in the armpit. <laughs> uh, so now I just have the normal. That's the one I wear all the time, that gray shirt. Yeah. But so not, the, not the V-neck. Okay. So H&M. Um, this is Lulu. Mm, so the, it's yeah. expensive. All right. That's what? 110 No. This one's bucks? 150 150 On sale, too. It's 200 Jeez. Why? Can I, can I feel yeah, it? Yeah, man. It feels like a Zara jacket that could be like sixty let me, bucks. Let me, let me give it. That's a, a sixty dollar jacket from Zara. Probably, okay. yeah, probably. I like it. All right, thank you, Jack. Right. Um, jeans, jeans, jeans. good fitting jeans. Yeah, what do you think they are? How much do you think they cost? Hugo Boss. No, I've never bought anything Hugo Boss. The uh, Levi's. Um, my guess. The thing with jeans, they could be anywhere from twenty bucks. To like 300 or 500 bucks and they look exactly Based on the what same. i've been telling you what do you think they are um i i'm gonna guess honestly there's just 60 dollars jeans no you're oh, right they're, they're like 60 dollars jeans um <laughs> Cinnamon, yeah. they were like a facebook ad uh like okay. the perfect new york or something jean i can't remember what they were but okay. they're good cool yeah all right so that's pretty good yeah yeah it yeah. makes sense yeah, yeah. It makes sense graham same. Oh yeah. So this this shirt again. This is Brett Oppenheim. This shirt was free. Every uh, then uh, sweat, <laughs> sweatpants. This was a gift. This was a Christmas gift. Sweatpants. Uh, socks were also Brett Oppenheim. Uh, I kid you not. And then underwear is also Brett. <laughs> so basically, my entire outfit is from Brett. This video was sponsored by Brett. Actually, Oppenheim. this this entire outfit that I'm wearing is free. Everything. The watch. Well, not the watch. I, yeah, not the watch. But besides the watch, this entire outfit. So wait, how zeros. much is the watch? It's like twenty. Okay, so yeah. you're you're outdressing me. I've got so, an Apple Watch. So that's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. There we go. What about you, Jack? What about today? The the shirt was a gift. <laughs> the pants were also a gift. Really? And uh, yeah. Okay. And that's it. Brett Oppenheim. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Oppenheim. That's literally it. Yeah. Hat was a gift as well. Really? Oh, nice. Wow, yeah. there we go. It's just getting gifted clothing. I'm, I, what size you wear? I'll, I'll get you. Uh, medium, <laughs> maybe large. That's a large, yeah. All right, I'm going to gift you a bunch of clothes. Whoa. Wow. wow. Hey, subscribe, <laughs> subscribe to Ryan Pineda. Wow. Make sure you do that right now. No, my, no, what's funny is my employees, like, they know. Because I have a very, pretty small closet for my house. And so for me to get a new piece of clothing... I have to get rid of one. <laughs> that that's how it goes. Same thing with shoes. Like if I want to get rid of a shoe, I gotta, or if I want to get a shoe, I gotta get rid of a shoe. And so my employees are all very similar build, mm. and so they get all my old stuff. Whether mm. pretty much like Brett Oppenheim. Yeah. Through. See, same Brett, thing. Jason, and I are pretty much the same size. Yeah. So usually how it starts is Jason will get something, yeah. but he'll just not like it, and yeah. he never returns it. So it goes to Brett. Brett will wear it for about six months. Brett changes his, his uh, outfit so often, and then he cleans out his entire wardrobe, 
and then I end up with like sixty percent, and then Eric from my office gets another forty percent. Wow! Sometimes it's whoever's in the office at the right time. Brett will come in, and it's a free for all. That that's yeah. exactly what happens at our office too. Yeah. I just literally will dump the shoes and the bag of clothes. I'm like, guys, whoever wants it wants it. It's smart because I got a whole bunch of stuff that I gave Jack that just I haven't worn in, in a long time. Yeah. And and for Jack, it's like, whoa, it's like some crazy <laughs> stuff. This Graham it's, shirt. Yeah. Plus superhero now. He has upgrades. For me, it's I'm, I'm cleaning out, but but that's how I feel when I get clothes from Brett or Jason. Like it's it's made my day. What about like have you got expensive clothes like suits and stuff? I have one suit that I bought um, probably over ten years ago, twelve hundred bucks and tailored. Yeah, that's the same jacket I wear to this day. Uh, the pants have a hole in them, unfortunately, <laughs> but that's okay. Besides that, I don't really know. I don't really. I, I'd never bought anything okay. more than like a hundred, maybe two hundred bucks. Other than that, what about you? Do you have, what's your most expensive article of clothing? I actually don't like have expensive clothing. You know, like I buy a lot of, you know, uh, not expensive, but like good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a thousand dollar suit. I don't even think I have a clothing over two hundred dollars. Like this might be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm I'm more about buying just. I like to just switch my style. I know my style switches all the time, so it's like I'm not going to buy a two thousand dollars suit. So where do you waste your money then? Where do you spend? Your wife food, likes food, dude. Louis Vuitton. You she like food. does. I like food. Yeah. Um, I sp- I don't even spend a lot on shoes. I buy a lot of shoes, but they're like fifty to eighty bucks. It's not like I'm a sneakerhead buying. Yeah. Jordan's this yeah this would have been the perfect segue we got a sponsor coming up we we can't plug this sponsor here this would have been the perfect segue for this sponsor we're not going to mention it here but next time (laughs) this actually this episode might go up in November really and if it does I could insert okay we'll (laughs) We'll see there you go um what do you think about frugality in general and Graham's take on frugality do you think he takes it too extreme or do you think that it makes sense Considering like overall like priorities, yeah. and-, and you could be harsh here. Yeah. <laughs> you could be, you could, you could, you could tell the truth. We're in a safe spot. What, what, what you say on the podcast <laughs> does not get taken personally. You never be invited back. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I like I said, I was just like you in terms of frugality when I was really broke, mm-hmm. and then it just changed once I started making money. Um, lifestyle inflation yeah for sure for (laughs) sure but even still like you said it's like i was never one of those guys that's like okay i'm gonna go buy a bentley now or whatever like i could but that's not me like it's still a waste i've i've been looking at like ap watches and stuff and i'm like man i really that would be tight but i could see you with a nice stainless steel royal oak yeah i want an offshore royal oak offshore but i'm like it's just not like i can't justify it so I still have those in terms of like other stuff. I think you could justify it because it's not going to go down in value. You get a good deal on a stainless steel watch. That's going to keep its value. That's 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 your savings account right there. That's the way I would see it. Well, I might get one then. Yeah. But, you know, I I've kind of gotten bigger with it. But for you, it's like you just got to do what makes you happy. Like if being frugal makes you happy, like no, no one should force themselves to spend, mm-hmm. which is obviously where you're, you're just like you enjoy waiting for sushi at the end of the week if you got mm-hmm. sushi every day you'd be like i don't enjoy this anymore yeah you know i i understand that um and it it's just like i want to see what happens with you once you achieve like 
just crazy wealth because you're going to get there. So it's like, at what point is Graham going to be like, yeah, you know, doing the, the iced coffees just doesn't make sense anymore. When is that going to happen? Never. It's never going to not make sense because I'd like, I prefer this coffee over Starbucks. What, when will you start spending? I don't even know what you'd spend there's more really money on. What would you mu- spend more there's on? There's really not much that I want. The only things that I feel like I really want is a, uh, a reef tank. That that's just something. It's more of a logistical thing. I was going to put a reef tank here, okay. But if I'm spending uh, time in Vegas, put it there. moving there. I, I want to put it there. So reef tank is something I absolutely want. Uh, the piano is something I'm going to get. I got the drum set this year. Okay. Um, I think maybe, you know what? Like now it's things to save time. I would say is the is <laughs> like a, a, a driver. I think yeah. it'd be really nice. I I paid Jack once to drive me to uh, to to Ventura. Yeah, one night, and I got editing done. I got an hour and a half of editing done in the car. That, with, that's a running. Any... That's a running joke at my company too. Mm-hmm. Is like, who's gonna send the driver? <laughs> yeah. So I would say probably that's the only thing that I could think of that would really improve the quality of my life is just not having to drive. But that's not like a. Yeah unnecessary that's a business right like you're trying to gain time like that's smart but like spending for no reason like would you ever well you probably don't travel enough but would you ever buy a jet no would well you know what i mean if if i had unlimited money yeah like and and just there were there are so many zeros in a bank account i would for the purpose of saving time right so you're down to spend to save time yes at this point you'd get a personal chef all those things probably yeah yeah all those things they save time right what about i guess then it just comes down to material items like at the end of the day is there the reef tank the reef tank the reef tank i would love a rolex daytona but but part of me purposely just doesn't want to buy those things yeah because i i like looking forward to them right i like the fact that like I could go on eBay every now and then and look through it. Look and for just, a deal. And just, and just like wish and be like, oh, one day I want to get the Rolex Daytona. How do you trick yourself though? Because like you, you can get it. How do you trick yourself? Because and I like, think one it's just day, a I silly think. purchase. Like I don't need one right now. Right. I like, I like having that to look forward to. So I, I keep it there. And, and and unfortunately, the, those prices have gone up. So I've lost a lot of money looking <laughs> for the one. Decision. No, just so I started looking at the Rolex. It's a Zenith Rolex Daytona. Okay. I started looking at this watch back in like 2012, and wondering why is this watch the same price as the normal Daytonas? And this is 2012. And back then, this this watch in a stainless steel was maybe like nine to ten thousand dollars. And I was like, oh, I, I I can't afford it. I was throwing everything into real estate. And then the prices started going up on them. And then they're like 15. I'm like, wait a second. Now now it's 15. Now it's too expensive. Um, but I really wanted that watch. Right. Now they're like 40 to 50 grand. Sometimes even more if you get the watches with box and papers. Because people wow. realize like the Zenith Rolex Daytona was really rare. It was only made for a few years. And it's the same movement in this watch. And that's mm-hmm. why I want it. Because it plays off of the, the whole Zenith thing. So I've lost a lot of money. I, I could have 4X <laughs> my money on that. Well, you know what's but, funny is... I've never cared about watches or cars or anything. You know, um, I didn't even start getting curious about watches until YouTube because for whatever reason, the algorithm keeps showing me them. Mm -hmm. And then like I was hanging out with a couple of people and they were talking about Rolexes and AP. I'm like, I didn't even know what an AP was until six months ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not even lying. And I heard you say on a video before Patek. I'm like, I don't even know what a Patek is. I, I had no idea. And then I start researching them. I'm like, okay, like I want one, like I want an AP. I've narrowed yeah. it down. This is what I want. And it's just funny how that works. It's just like, I, I would, never yeah. had a desire to get one. Yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I would, I would recommend you get one because I feel like it's one of those things that once you, once you buy a watch like that, you understand just the art behind it and the history behind the manufacturer. And, and there are those people who just get the watches to flex. Right. And those are the dudes with the gold, <laughs> everything who blows and they're, you know, and, and, but, but there, there's, there's an art and a sophistication behind these really great watches and they hold their value and some of them go up in value and it's just really neat to get behind. I feel like at some point I get there with art too. Right. And just the history behind it is, is and just the significance of certain pieces I think is really unique. Yeah. Um, so that like, I should, I should get a dinosaur skull one day. Like some real, like some te- like some actual. What, what's in your studio? Don't you yeah. have like some dinosaur? That's a replica. Oh. Okay. If that were real, I mean, that would be like yeah, would be 700 grand. So yeah. But you will dinosaurs. probably spend 700 grand at some point is what you're saying. Okay. So yeah. So here, I do weird stuff like that. Like I will pinch pennies and then I would do something like that. Like spend like 300 grand on a dinosaur skull. That's but, what but I'm getting everything at. everything until then I'd be like, no, I'm not going to pay extra. That's an extra 10 cents. I'm not going to do that. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Cause we know that it makes no sense at all. It does make sense. Cause I don't want to overspend. <laughs> no, I wouldn't like, say it makes complete sense. Yeah, it no, does. Because yeah. like if you're saving a dollar, but you're going to go spend 300,000, like what does it matter? <laughs> Cause you, you all those Starbucks are not going to pay uh, for that. Because, because the value it's like, it, it, why waste money? I, I, I always re- go back to the days where I remember what it was like. Uh, I worked this just brief job at this place called Goldline International. Like right at the time I was graduating high school before I got my license I remember making like $8 an hour. It was like 8 to 10 an hour. I can't remember. And how hard I had to work to make 10 bucks an hour. And so I still see things as though I'm making $10 an hour. And I right. think like that coffee is half hours of the work for a lot of people. That's, that's stupid. That's a waste of money. Right. So I still respect money in the same way as back then. Like tw- I remember 20 bucks, how far you could make $20 go. So yeah. like for little things like that, fine. It's harder to conceptualize. Like what's a $200,000 piece of art? Right. That's so interesting. I don't know that there are many people like you on that aspect. Hmm. Like, I think you're very unique in that, you know, you see the value of something so expensive like that art or a watch or, you know, stuff that's, you know, not a necessity. Right. And, you know, this other stuff, it's like, I've just, it's so deep in your DNA that it'll never change. Yeah. But, but those things, I feel like once you, once you consume them, they're gone. Like the Starbucks, right? That's gone as soon as they drink it. Clothes, I'll wear it for a few months. Let's say a year or two. The shelf life of that is pretty small. A piece of art is going to stay forever. The value is there forever. With a watch, that's an heirloom piece that you could pass down if you need the money. It's there. It's really, it's just transferring my money from like cash to now all of a sudden it's this piece of art. Yeah, all the money's still there. So I'm not losing anything in that transaction versus a Starbucks or an overpriced dinner yeah. or like a pair of uh, like sneakers. Right. That's gone. So I, that's the way I see it. I got a really good book for you to read. It's called Die With Zero. You ever heard of it? No. Um, it's essentially talking about how, you know, the goal in life essentially should be to die with zero. And... It doesn't mean like go spend all your money because you don't know when you're going to die. Right. Yeah. But it comes down to like, well, wouldn't it be better? Let's 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 just say your dream was to give away a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better to give away that money while you're alive? Yeah, but you don't. But you but you don't know when no, you don't. Be, but also you'd want to pass them down to family. Right. And take care of your family and your friends. But then you don't know when you're I mean, if we had a timeline saying like, listen, like 20 years from now, 
now I don't now I don't want to jinx it. But let's just say you're 80 years old, and they're like, okay, you're gonna pass away this age, right? Then maybe it's like, okay, let's let's have some fun here. Right. But wouldn't but, you want to yeah. enjoy that when you're younger? Well, as well, well, and this is the mm, point of die with yeah. zero. Is like, okay, in the end, it, it would be better to give it away while you're alive, so you could see your family enjoy it, right? Instead of you're dead, you have no idea what happens. Okay, with that. But like while you're young, his theory is you should spend more on experiences, which is what I was going to get into. Mm -hmm. What's your take on vacations, experiences and that stuff? Because he says when you have experiences when you're younger, you get to hold on to those experiences your whole life. But when you have them when you're older, you're in worse shape. You don't get to keep the experience long because it's later Mm -hmm. in life. So like you should invest in experiences while you're young. Yeah, I don't know. I enjoy working so much, though. Like, it has not. I mean, it's crossed my mind to go on vacations every now and then. But I enjoy working at this at this juncture right now. I work. I think is uh, takes a bit of a priority, and I think in the future it's good. That's going to change at some point. Right. It's fascinating. Uh, I was talking with my grandpa, and he's getting older, mm-hmm. and he says that the last line in The Great Gatsby can sum up like your final years in life or whatever pretty mm-hmm. well, and it's something along the lines of like. Um, and we move on like boats against the current, yada, yada, something being born ceaselessly into the past or something. And he says like, when you're older, all you really have in the end are your memories. Mm -hmm. Right. So why would you want to use those years where all you can really do or all you do is reflect back on life? Why would you want to have all of those things when you wouldn't even be able to use them? And all you can think back on is all of the times when you were younger and you were taking advantage of all of those, right? all of your, well, that's the whole point of the book is like. You know, when you're young, you're, you're you're at your healthiest. You're enjoying like for me, I look back in my 20s and I see when I was 21 playing baseball for no money, grinding it out on the bus. I loved it, you know, and I look back on all the places I traveled um, over the country and it's like you couldn't take those memories away from me, you know, and I wasn't making any money doing it. You know, I definitely delayed my wealth, you know, immensely because of that. You know, you go play minor league baseball for eight years getting nothing. It's like, okay, you're not really working towards your future doing that. You're just enjoying the process. And I, I'll trade that for anything. And now it's like, okay, I experienced that. My 20s were awesome playing baseball. Now it's like, all right, my 30s, let's spend it really building an empire, essentially. See, I took goal. the opposite approach. I took my 20s. Right. Build the empire in your twenties and then early thirties, probably mid thirties. And then, and then after that, but you're going to keep building. That's where the thing is though. At some point you're going to decide, do I stop building and start enjoying, or do I just continue to build the empire? I have a feeling it's going to, I have a feeling at some point it's going to shift. Yeah. At some point, I don't know exactly when, but I've always taken it that like your early years are the time where you really just put your head down, you work away, and that right. gives you so many options in the future. Like I'd rather have like a guaranteed 35, you could do whatever, right. than start at 30 right. or start at like 28 and then... Well, and that's the, comp- yeah. that's the wisdom we always hear from, you know, the big entrepreneurs and stuff is like grind while you're 20s and get ahead mm-hmm. and, you know, you'll be set up when you're 30s. And this book kind of shifts that. But um, see, here's the thing too. You have the energy and the stamina in your 20s to pull those 12-hour days every single day. I think it's harder to do that as you get older with more responsibilities and with a family. Like Putting in those 12-hour days now for you would be very difficult with a wife and kid. I mean, I know you could do it. I'm sure you could do it. But it wouldn't be as easy as, let's say, 10 years ago. 100%. 
You're absolutely right. So I feel like from a career perspective, you get that competitive advantage. And I feel like fewer people are doing it when you're younger. Yeah. Because most people, maybe not most, but I feel like a lot of people take that approach that I have my entire life ahead of me. Let me at least just do my things now. And then by 30, I could get serious. Yeah. So I know there's pros and cons to each. <laughs> and here's the thing. I think whatever uh, place people take, that's what they recommend. So everyone who's like, I, I lived it up in my 20s. I partied. Yeah. That's the best. And right. then everyone who didn't do that, they're like, no, no, I worked away. That's the best. Yeah. I don't think there's any convincing either, either other way. That no. makes sense so. that people would just act on what they inherently desire. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. your inherent desires are different than yours. Yeah. So right. you probably naturally just fall into that channel. Right. Well, and for me though, I was working really hard towards my goal. Like I wasn't out partying and doing stuff. Like I was like strictly practice, work out, eat right, do all the things. Work. I worked way harder in my 20s than I do now. Mm. Seriously. Um, it's just, it's like, I don't think, you, you, at some point you got to value the experiences of life over the material things, the investments. Because, like, we can buy the, the the investment and the material thing, and even if we own it forever, like art or a watch versus clothes, which have a lifespan, it's like that memory is worth something. And the longer you have that memory, you know, earlier in life, the more valuable it is because you get to hold it longer. I have a terrible memory. That's, that's <laughs> the problem. I forget things. Every day bleeds by to the next and uh, I swear, like, Macy and I had some conversations, like, and two days ago, I'm like, wait, what day was that? <laughs> was that, like, last week? What what was this again? I, like, I forgot. I'll remember anything, like, with the S&P 500. Like, I'll, I'll remember what Nancy Pelosi said. But, like, every day, like, I don't, I don't remember, like, more than, like, three days ago. Seriously. <laughs> it's really bad. But I think that's, like, when you work from home every day. It's all and, you, and you're just, yeah, it, it is. It, it becomes a blur. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, we should probably wrap wrap up. We got a good episode. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd just like to end off saying? Any advice? Any word? I mean, we covered a lot. We covered life, yeah. investing, uh, businesses. Yeah. We're getting better at the podcast. You're getting yeah. us at, uh, so far, I would say our best. Because in the beginning, we were a little bit too structured. We, 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 we were good. But we had a structure, we had an outline, and now we're figuring this out 20 episodes in yeah. of like how to do these and what to talk about. Yeah. And I've noticed going in without a plan and just having a natural conversation seems to be what most people enjoy. I think so. So yeah. give, give us your take on this. And if you've made it this far, let us know down in the comments. One thing that I realized and I brought up to Graham on one of our runs is that if we don't come in with some sort of outline, because for the first like 20 or so episodes, mm-hmm. I would prepare two page long outlines for every single podcast. And I would make sure that we would hit every single one of those talking points. And it became kind of an issue because if I make all of these bullet points that we have to hit, that's our cap on how entertaining or exciting yeah. we can be because that's it's, it's exactly where we're leveled off. Whereas I see other podcasts like Joe Rogan and they kind of just go in with it and then wherever the conversation goes, they just keep going there. And I think like conversation naturally will lead to the most exciting, like just chat, you know, like we will naturally just gravitate towards the most exciting thing because that's what we want to talk about rather than your hair adhering. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Your hair and your wife's allowance. Exactly. (laughs) Like it, It restricts us when we have to adhere to these bullet points. So let us know what you guys think about that. Uh, thank you for coming yeah, on so yeah. much. We really appreciate it. It was a great. You weren't episode. recording. 
Getting it. I <laughs> gotcha. Got him. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> hey but that was a great speech you crushed yeah, it, it. <laughs> and everyone will hear it thanks yeah i, I always try to mess with jack every, every now and then like, it's recording all the time all the time and i try i try you're like brain. listening to yourself speak too yeah i literally i checked it like 10 i've checked it like 10 times too yeah during this episode <laughs> usually like once or twice a week i'll try to throw a curveball and he does it Keep on his toes. Gosh, yeah. it feels like when I fall off a curb or whatever, and yeah. you get like that jolt in your heart. <laughs> so, like, I have horrible. to redo that that two minute. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Dude. The filibuster. Gosh. Well, um, cool. On a final note, how was your coffee? It was delicious. You know, I've been um, waiting for this day ever since I found out it was a, you know, Graham specialty, and it, it cool. lived up to it. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I couldn't finish mine. It's late. I don't want to be up all night, so I got. I got to. <laughs> keep it keep it to a minimum so cool well thank you guys so much for watching i really appreciate it i'll link to all your information down below in the description let's get you to a hundred thousand subscribers yeah and with the iced coffee let's get this to a hundred thousand subscribers too yeah we could do it if you're watching here's the thing if everybody watching this just subscribed we'd get there like almost overnight to a hundred thousand yeah because yeah, some but- of those episodes did over a hundred thousand I know, but we got to tell them to subscribe in the beginning. You got to tell them to subscribe. Yeah, but if they're watching the end, 50% watch to the end, even the 50,000 people. So if you watch to the end and you're not subscribed, I don't, that's Mm. tough. Yeah, Again, just comment down below and let me know why you're not subscribed. The only excusable reason is that you don't have an account and you're not logged in. That's (laughs) it. Make an account. That's it. Now make an account account. and subscribe. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, We'll put our Instagrams down there. If you guys want three free stocks from Weeble. You can get that down below in the description. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, the, so mentor- much the mentorship group. This, this episode is sponsored by the mentorship group. So if you want to join, the link to that is down below in the description. We meet every single Sunday morning and Thursday night. Uh, one of those is a Zoom call. So if you just want to talk, do whatever. Jack's there. I'm there. Want to talk to us, ask us questions. It's really fun. So the link is uh, down below in the description. So thank you so much for watching. And until next time. Until next time. Go. Cool. Perfect. Scooting right here. So this would be, do you want to introduce us on this? We usually have the guests introduce us. Okay. What's the intro supposed to be like? Welcome to the 24th ever episode of the Iced Coffee Hour. And then you just say, I mean, should we say how much we've made because we're doing this back to, I mean, we Um, we don't really need it. You could just say. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just say we've made. Ten thousand. It's about ten thousand five hundred. Ten thousand five hundred. Ten thousand five hundred dollars on the podcast thus far. Okay, so this so is the twenty fourth ever, ever ever episode of the Iced Coffee Hour. We've made approximately. If you mess up, well, it doesn't matter. We've made approximately ten thousand five hundred dollars. Should I say we or you guys? It doesn't matter. Say we. Okay. Yeah. Say right. we because it's a it's a group effort here. All right. Sounds good. I just wait one sec. Go. <laughs> so what's good so just hey we're this it's is the 24th uh, welcome to the 24th ever okay, episode. yeah here we go welcome to the 24th ever episode of the ice coffee podcast our ice coffee hour podcast we should just call it the ice coffee podcast now. yeah we should that's what everyone just ends up saying really you think so the ice coffee i call it the ice coffee hour but what, what do you what do you think what do you think i think the ice coffee podcast is good Iced coffee podcast I don't want to make it seem like it's uh, all about iced coffee, though. That's true. All right. Anyway, you well, want to we'll do it again. All right. Go. There we go.
Welcome to the 24th ever episode of the Ice Coffee Hour podcast. We've approximately made $10,000. Wait, what? $10,500. 10, okay. All right, here we go. Right, so, um, hold on. How do how do you use Avril Levine? Dude, I don't think you're going to Really sounds? 